Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Are you in a crazy-making relationship? Feel anxious, angry, and unsafe? Welcome to Save Your Sanity. Insights, skills, strategies, and inspiration for emerging empowered from toxic relationships and breaking the bonds of emotional abuse. Keep listening. We'll figure a few things out. Hello. Welcome to Save Your Sanity, Help for Toxic Relationships. In this episode, we're going to talk about narcissists, hijack calls, and whataboutism. And that may be something that you don't think about much in terms of interpersonal relationships, but it's a really big deal once you see it in relationship with these difficult people. And why do they they use whataboutism? What is so attractive? What would cause them to use it? Well, they want to offload any possibility of being blamed offload any possibility of being shamed. They want to refuse to address issues, deny them, deflect them, distract from them. They don't dare have anybody cast aspersions or put flies on them, as the old song says. And they want to just throw it back in your face. Whatever is coming their way, they think it may be nothing, but it may be possibly something and they don't want it. So they throw it back at you and then they will make it even more so because they will then um, project onto you. So what they are concerned that is a problem for them, what they think may be happening with them that they don't like, they project it onto you and say, it's you who has those problems. And what aboutism is just another way to deflect another defense mechanism. So it's super important that you see that it's occurring when it's incurring. So what aboutism causes uh, a response in the what about is some kind of way when a hijackal or any other difficult person, any other alienating person, any other uh, person who really does not want to take responsibility for themselves to avoid any accountability as well as responsibility, or so they think. But once you're on to this practice, everything changes. So in this episode, I'm going to give you many ways to see what's going on, highlight it, so that when you see it the next time coming from your less than favorite hijack call, you'll be able to see ah, I know what that is, and I know how to engage in a better, more productive way. Because <clears throat> hijackals have had, usually in their early life, to their perception, too many opportunities to take on shame, blame, or guilt, and they don't want any. It is something that they cannot stand. They simply cannot stand, and they'll do anything to not have it. And they don't recognize that there's no one out to get them, so they don't have to defend themselves this way, especially so vociferously as they do. I mean, it's so instantaneous, isn't it? And they'll go from zero to 60. You ask them a question about 
about something that you'd like to figure out with them. And all of a sudden they're yelling and screaming and standing up and moving and agitated. And you're left with your head shaking. What caused that? But hijackals do respond like that seemingly without much provocation at all. And one of the ways they do that is with this whataboutism. And they they do it when they just can't engage the topic because they already feel that that topic is going to bring them shame or blame or guilt. Now, don't put your compassion hat on. That's what's going on with them. Not your responsibility. You didn't break them. You can't fix them. You know, I say that all the time. So know that. But, you know, they're very good at dodging questions. And what about ism is a way to dodge a question or dodge a conversation even that they don't want to have. And it also will sidetrack a conversation, try to take it over to where they want to go and away from where you were headed or hopefully headed. And it's a way to avoid them feeling that they had any wrongdoing in their way of being. And here's what 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 aboutism is. And I'll read you the definition. It's the practice or technique of responding to an accusation or a difficult question by making a counter accusation or raising a different issue. So if they think they're going to be blamed for something, even think it remotely, they will engage whataboutism in an attempt to deflect and defend themselves and make a counter accusation or choose another topic. And this can get really silly. You know, you see it on the TV a lot because it it creates ridiculous comparisons. Um, Narcissistic leaders in the world use it all the time. They don't answer questions. They deflect or they make a counter accusation. And I heard one the other day. I won't identify the players, but one one person from leadership in one country said you killed 200 people in that explosion and and the the other person with the um what aboutism said well what about that we lost people in it too and you made our people die what you know that's crazy making talk but it catches you off guard doesn't it like oh did we oh should i be concerned about what we did that you know, that maybe at some point you're we angering you to do what you did to us caused your people to die. Are we responsible for that? No, now you're going down their pathway and you started on yours. Uh, that leader would have been saying to themselves, I guess, um, you killed 200 of our people. And the response is, well, what about that? We lost people in it, too. You made our people die. And that's a big double standard. It really introduces all that kind of thing. And I just want to say at this minute, thank you so much for the people who are supporting us through Patreon. We really appreciate that when you do that. Um, you go to patreon.com slash save your sanity and you can support this um, podcast too. So 
little plug there, I realized, but I forgot to say it last time. So I wanted to make sure that I gave thanks to the people who did contribute. It doesn't matter a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, one time or a little bit every month. It all helps. So back to this big double standard. And I want to talk about um you might say some examples, give you another example. That one that I just was telling you was from the political arena. Here's another one. Um, You might say to your partner, I want to talk to you about hitting me last night. And the partner says, what about all the times you've let me down? Deflection, not going to talk about you hitting me possibility that they made a mistake or did something wrong. It's not going to be talked about. Now they want to talk about the many times that you've let them down in order to hook you empathetically into feeling badly for what you've done to them. Or let's take one about the community conversation. You know, uh, I heard this on on a forum one day. Um, A person said, what about the pay gap for women in this country. And the the response from the other person was, well, you should be happy because if you lived in Saudi Arabia, you might not even be able to drive. Crazy making stuff, right? You want to go here and, and have something equal come back so we can have this conversation and you put it out and they go, sideways with it because they're just not having it. They are not going to discuss that. Is this sounding familiar to you? It's called whataboutism or whataboutery. And it's really prevalent. You see it on TV all the time. There are lots of examples of Vladimir Putin doing it and many other world leaders. You can look them up. So hypocrites are particularly attached to this strategy of whataboutism. You know, a hypocrite, and I wrote a really good definition for you. Um, I found one. Someone who engages in the same behavior or activity for which they criticize another and who fails to follow their own moral principles. That's a hypocrite. Well, you can see why a hypocrite would absolutely love whataboutism. And we see that on the television all the time, too. Is what's okay for me is okay for me, but it's not okay for you. And therefore, I'm not going to talk about that. And then we get the whataboutism. And hypocrites master whataboutism, just like all hijackles do. And you'll often find that hijackles are hypocrites. Have you found that? You know, what's good for them is what's good for them, but it certainly is not allowed to be good for you. And there's always this big double standard. And one of the ways it shows up is in the whataboutism. And that whataboutery is used to discredit an opponent. Now, you didn't set out to be their opponent, particularly if the person is a person you're supposedly romantically linked to. You don't see yourself as their enemy. You don't see yourself as their opponent. You see yourselves as in a relationship, and the we wants to figure something out. But you know there is no we 
when you're with a hijackal or anybody with narcissistic tendencies. There is no we. You know, yes, they'll use the word, but that's only them pronouncing for both of you. Because you don't figure things out together, do you? You don't decide how you will do things together or wrestle concepts to the ground and then make a decision of a united stance. That's why we get so much difficulty in parenting with hijackals because they won't have the conversation about how we're going to do it because that offers the idea of equality and you will never have equality with a hijackal. It's not available. So to sit down and come to a resolution by each of you having equal input is not possible. And when you want to talk to them, even about the children, they will not do it. And that's a big problem. So circular conversations are ones often that involve a lot of whataboutism. And I did episode 305, and in there uh, I did mention whataboutism, which is really what prompted me to think I better do a whole episode on it, because it's such an important thing to see, especially when it's happening. And towards the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you some very direct ideas of what to do once you see it in practice right in front of your own face and you're hearing it with your own ears. So you have to watch that that circular conversation business. And the circular conversation, I am completely giving you the wrong information. It's not episode three or five, 305. 305 is where I previously mentioned what aboutism, but there's an earlier episode on circular conversations, which is living with a hijackle is like living in a blender because everything keeps going around. So watch for the reversal of an accusation because I know you felt it. It it comes towards you like, how did how did that happen? I put out A and you gave me back Z. How why can't we get on the same page? Why can't you hear me? Why am I not allowed to express something and have you think it matters? And it's so infuriating and so frustrating and it is so happening. So it's really important to see what that is happening because you'll be accused of an offense just as troubling or worse than what you wanted to talk about in the first place. And there doesn't have to be a relationship to what you wanted to talk about and how they changed the subject because now it's not a lot, uh, at all about the subject. It's only about them being in charge of the conversation. And that's the whole point of whataboutism is I'm going to take charge of the conversation and we're going over there. And we are not going to have a conversation that is a good tennis rally. We are not going to have that. I'm just going to hit your ball out of bounds and then I'm going to give you the instructions as to what the game is we're really going to play. And after a while, it just gets exhausting, doesn't it? That We cannot solve anything because if there is a perceived problem, they're not going to own it at all because they will not. So therefore, the problem is going to come back and be yours. 
Have you ever said something to a partner like, um, I get really nervous when when we're following the car in front of us too closely. And you're just trying to say, you know, hey, you know, that really bothers me. And the hijackal says, and you were hope and I know you were hoping for an empathetic response, like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't want to make you nervous, but <laughs> no, that's not gonna happen with a hijackal. But what you will hear is I am tired of you criticizing me all the time. In fact, there are things I could tell you too, like a person could starve if they waited for you to cook a decent meal. Like, what's that got to do with following the car in front of us too closely? But they are not going to entertain anything that they feel puts them in the wrong or sounds like criticism. And so it's an unrelated attempt at deflection. So we're not going to talk about their driving. It is telling you that conversation is not going to happen. That topic is off limits. And then it just gets crazier, you know. <clears throat> and when you hear it coming at you, sometimes I, I know when I have heard it, I thought, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. I am talking about wanting something to change. And you were talking about wanting me to be far worse than anything you've ever done and talk about something entirely different. You know, I've had hijackals in my life. Everybody who is raised by hijackals is likely to at least have their first major relationship with a hijackal. And maybe they will attract more of them. And I don't, I, I, I would reverse that and say hijackals would be attracted to them more frequently. And it's because they hijackals can almost taste when somebody is already pre-groomed, if you like, to put up with their shenanigans. I've said before that hijackals, in my opinion, are quite emotionally lazy. So if they can find somebody who has already been putting up with bad behavior from parents, it's like a gift to them. The person's already worn down and second-guessing themselves, so the hijackal has less work to do. So being emotionally lazy, they're very happy about that. And and so they're they're jumping in with both feet. I have less work to do to get what I want. And that's really a big, big thing. So going back to the the um, I'd like to talk about following too closely. And the response is, well, you know, if I, anybody had to live with your cooking, they'd die of starvation. A good response to that is we can talk about cooking in another conversation. I'm happy to do that. But right now I brought up my fear when we're following another car too closely. And I'd really like to address that. So you try to bring it back. And you do it with the least amount of energy that you possibly can, just as neutral as possible. And I'd like to bring it back. Now they may go crazy and say, you know, go off on another tangent or say, well, what, what about and something else? Maybe they would say, you say, you know, I don't, I get fearful when you're driving too close to a car in front of us. And they say, well, what about your driving? I won't even drive with you. 
And we're still not going to talk about their driving, even though the topic came closer. And you really have to practice that all the time is when they will not stick to the topic. You just keep bringing back to the topic and I'll give you some other things to do in a second. So what about ism is a direct attempt to deflect and distract and one up the partner. Like you said something that put me in a bad light. Oh, I'm going to shine 10 bad lights on you because they just can't tolerate it. You know, again, don't put on your compassion hat, but a hijackal is a fearful, insecure human. And that's where you see it when you get to this whataboutism. They can't defend themselves. They don't know themselves. They don't want to talk about themselves. They don't want anything to be their mistake. They don't want anything that they could have done better. They don't even want a new idea because they should have had it first, right? And so you start to see the depth of the insecurity and how they can't have a conversation about anything that would mean change in a positive way for the relationship. Because everything in a positive way that might move them closer to equality, you know, one of the three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship, oh no, they're not having that. Mm -mm, we're never having equality. So if I give in and talk about what you want to talk about, or I even give a suggestion that I'm willing to entertain a conversation of resolution, mm, no, no. They see that as losing their power, and they deflect and engage whataboutism in order to take control of the conversation. So it's crazy-making, and I'm sure that you have experienced that crazy-making. And it's important to know that's what it is. What about ism? I'm going to deflect and put it back on you or into outer space somewhere. So I hope you see it clearly. Now I just want to give you some steps as to what to do when you see it clearly, right in the moment when you're having the conversation with the hijackal. So first of all, don't label it. Don't say, that sounds like what aboutism to me. That's another way to poke a hijackal. And, and if you've been here listening to the podcast for very long, we all know that you don't poke a hijackal. And if you're new, I'm glad that you're here. And I hope that you will um, listen to other episodes. Um, but big, big item, don't poke a hijackal. And if you want support from that, I invite you to join my Emerging Empowered Community. You can go to joinintoday.com. One of the biggest features among many features over there is that you have the opportunity to join in three group calls with me to ask me any question you like. So go to joinintoday.com and join us over there. So when you recognize that the hijackal is putting out whataboutism and the light bulb goes on and you right in the moment, not, not an hour later, right in the moment you realize it, don't label it for the hijackal. Don't call it what it is, but see it very, very clearly and then go back to your initial point. No, I just wanted to talk about uh, following cars in front of us too closely and how that makes me really, really nervous. 
And if they go off on another tangent, you just say, no, there's only one thing I want to talk about right now. And you refuse to escalate the hijackle's point. Don't take it on. Don't do anything. Just postpone it for another time. Yes, we could talk about that another time. But this time, I'm bringing up this topic. And do it with the most neutral voice you can. No put-downs, no sarcasm, no snarky voices, no gotcha voices. Just neutral and genuine I only want to talk about one thing at this time. And then you reiterate it. Don't discuss the process. Don't say you're doing this or, or, you know, we should be able to have a conversation. Just keep it on topic. And then when you realize that the whataboutism is going to uh, take the topic right out of the ballpark, then drop it. And just say, I'd still like to talk about that. Apparently now isn't a good time. And then observe. Like the really important thing as you're recognizing you're in a relationship with a hijackal is to take those four healthy steps back, see the big picture, observe it. You don't have to say anything about it, but observe it. Oh, there goes the whataboutism again and again and again or the future faking, or the gaslighting, or the love bombing, or any one of the many, many things that I've talked about, or you've heard elsewhere. Stick to where you were, and don't move off it. And if you, if they will not discuss it with you, drop it for now and say, I'd like to revisit it. Now that puts them on notice you're going to. It also kind of scares them that they're going to have to think about that. But if, if this is how your relationship is, is going, then it may be time the relationship went. Because when you start to see that you can never have a conversation about anything that vaguely sounds like blame, shame, or guilt, because the hijackal is going to go on high alert and engage in whataboutism or name-calling or rage or um, silent treatment. And you start to see from those four healthy steps back, you start to see they did it here and here and here. It doesn't matter how small what I want to talk about is, they still do it. Do you want to live like that? Do you want to have that be what you're up against every single day? Do you want to have that be what your children are seeing modeled? Right? It all becomes clearer and clearer when you learn some of these strategies and techniques that hijackals use to keep themselves safe, and they don't care that you are not safe at all. So what aboutism is a big one. Watch for it on television. It's there all the time. Um, you can see it almost on any newscast. You can see it in many, many places. You can cast your mind back and see it in your relationship, or you can see it in um, other people's relationships, and just be observing. Four healthy steps back, see the big picture. These are the patterns. These are the traits. These are the cycles. Do I want to stay engaging in these for the next 20 years? 
and ask yourself, because if that's how your relationship is going, it might be time the relationship went. I hope this offered you some clarity because it's so infuriating when whataboutism shows up and it can catch you really off guard and it can leave you in a kind of a, a mess. It really messes with your mind. And so it's important to see it and know what it is and use those techniques that I just suggested in order to respond Endeavor to contain the conversation to the one topic. And if the conversation can't be contained to the one topic, then you drop it and say, we'll talk about it some other time and then leave, you know, go get a drink of water, go to the restroom, take a nap, go for a walk, but don't stay present. I hope that helps. And until we speak again, take very good care of yourself. Because you're precious and you matter. Talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Savior Sanity Podcast today. I hope you've had some insights, ideas, and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that, and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with $1 or $5 each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Also, learn more about how to work with me by a video conference, join my Emerging Empowered community, subscribe to this podcast, find my books, all by visiting emergingempowered.com. Talk soon.